You're listening to Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince. Every two weeks, they give their thoughts on movies, TV, and anime. that I don't shake my head slowly after having read something idiotic or horrific online, only then to think, I wasn't made for the internet. I see it in various social media circles, I see it in the comments which people leave when they disagree with somebody else's opinions, and I see it in the gaming culture and various communities. Not surprisingly, this last one can in fact be the most toxic of all. That isn't to say that there aren't any wonderful gaming communities, but rather that they're not in the majority and many legitimate movie reviewers are now realizing this. Warcraft, the monstrosity of a film which recently launched onto big screens around the world, has been causing a massive divide between those in the know and nearly everyone else. Critics have penned strongly worded reviews, giving it an overall Rotten Tomato score of only 29%, to which fans have responded with overwhelmingly positive reviews, raising the audience score to 82% all the while verbally assaulting the reviewers with a fever pitch reminiscent of Baron's chat. And if you don't get that last reference, that means that while you may be a gamer, you're not as familiar with World of Warcraft, the massively multiplayer online game, which is based on the real-time strategy game, which launched over 20 years ago, simply called Warcraft. And it's upon that game that the movie is primarily based, though various elements will be familiar to WoW players. Blizzard Entertainment, the massive development studio behind Warcraft, has created a rich and intricate universe. Whether we're talking about the games, the novels, the comic books, or even the online short stories, there's a wealth of lore. And while we may not always agree with what constitutes a trope or what was in fact stolen from Tolkien, the fact is Blizzard has woven an insanely intricate tapestry of stories and characters. And if you're a fan of the game, you have the option of exploring all of these other mediums to gain yet more appreciation of the games. However, you shouldn't have to do that in order to appreciate a film. And perhaps this, more so than Garona's ridiculous cosplay, is what has led to most of those negative review scores. Fans have come in defense of the film in the comment sections of nearly all of these insulting the authors for being ignorant of Warcraft lore, stating that if they don't know the history of these characters and the events, that they shouldn't be reviewing the film. The thing is, that's not how films work, let alone film reviewing. A film should stand on its own and deliver a coherent experience that one need not carry any pre-existing knowledge into the theater to appreciate. I've been playing Warcraft games since their very first releases, I have an appreciation for them. However, unlike the more fervent fans, I've got no problems with criticizing what I don't agree with. I have a familiarity with much of the lore. However, I am far from an expert and will readily admit it. While I enjoy playing the games and I read many of the novels and comics, I'm not so heavily invested and what they represent is entertainment only. 
as opposed to our gaming podcast co-host, Joe, who also co-hosts a Blizzard lore podcast with a couple of other lore experts. I listened to their podcast episode of Lore Watch dealing with the film, and this episode of Popcorn Ronin will be nothing like that. (laughs) And I thought this would offer folks a different opinion of the film. We're not the fervent lore experts. However, we also aren't the clueless reviewers. We're somewhere in the middle. And I think that's kind of where you need to be to appreciate the film. And when I say appreciate, there's appreciate and then be madly in love with. (laughs) We're kind of somewhere in the middle and maybe even towards a little lower than that as well. I'm going to assume that's what you're thinking after you saw this as well. I might have one or two nice things to say. Yeah. So while some of the elements of the film wound up being cool or interesting while watching it, I know in my brain that I registered those as such because of my appreciation and of my time invested in the games. It certainly wasn't because of the merits of the film. Because then when you go back after having watched it, and while watching it, let's be honest, there are so many things with the film that were wrong, that that just were wrong in terms of filmmaking, not in terms of the lore, that it was really hard to enjoy this. And not even as a popcorn fantasy flick that you just take your brain off and just watch to enjoy kind of thing. It didn't even do that for me. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if Blizzard had wanted to make a movie, like, on their own, release it you know, to their fans as part of, you know, the World of Warcraft and all that, and with an audience that they can expect to have an understanding of that lore, that would be one thing. But when you release a major motion picture to the public that you spent hundreds of millions of dollars on, it has to be able to stand on its own to be successful. And that's that's where the divide is, because... I know precisely zero people that saw this movie without also having played the games. And that's part of that is, well, you know, I didn't play the game, so I'm not going to see the movie. But a lot of that is also the trailers really sucked. Like if you didn't have an appreciation for Warcraft when you saw those trailers, it had absolutely no general audience appeal. It's it was a movie that was made 100 percent for the fans, but it's a major movie. You can't do that and, and expect it to work. It And you're right. The, the The trailer was horrible, but you realize after watching the movie that the reason the trailer was horrible is because, the, and, and didn't have stories, because the movie didn't either. <laughs> they, they did the best they could with what they had. Exactly. The thing is, is that when you're looking at what the movie is, what it actually entails... It's quite literally the equivalent of a very long cinematic for before you start a game or in between with an expansion pack kind of deal. It 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 felt like a burning burning crusade kind of, which I know it's not. That's not the time period. Don't attack me, lore people. But it it was very much like that kind of thing. Like it could have just been tossed in there as an extended cinematic to to a, a, a game or an expansion as opposed to a film. The most accurate way I can describe this film to people who haven't seen it, and I still think this is the best way, is it was a bunch of actors standing on screen reading the prologue directly out of the instruction manual for the game. Yeah, 
Yeah, actually, because that's all they were doing. They were just reciting lines. They weren't. There wasn't even any acting to speak of for the vast for the majority. No, yeah, that's something that actually Joe and I got into a little bit of an argument because he was he thinks that the casting was phenomenal, and me for the most part, with a few exceptions, I really was not crazy about the casting at all. And we'll get to that in a bit. I, I read some of the reviews, which again. I agree with a lot of what was said in those mm-hmm. reviews, even when they are extremely negative. Again, you can be critical of something that you still love, and people have a hard time with that. And so one of the, the best ones was Warcraft unfolds like a feature-length version of a quote-unquote previously on Game of Thrones package, blitzing through the plot as though the movie's only task was to remind viewers of a story they already know. And that's it. The other one that I love, too, was... Jones has tried to deliver something like the Lord of the Rings minus the boring bits, but without the boring bits, what you have is itchy and scratchy with maces. <laughs> Both of those are true, people. <laughs> and it's it's true. I I, know- well, I don't even want to say they removed the boring parts because they left in a lot of boring parts. They were just important boring parts. See, I didn't find that... I found the pacing was so off on this movie oh, yeah. that it was really hard to appreciate how monumental certain scenes were supposed to be because the, the the pacing was so off that there was no up and down. There really wasn't, I didn't find, boring quote-unquote parts because it never slowed down. It was just this this rampaging boom, 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 this is all happening. And this is happening to people for the most part. They they don't they're not necessarily making choices or or or, or, or have any control over what is happening. It's it's happening to them. And so it was very much a, a movie where in by the time you get to the end, you're like, whatever. Just just be done. Yeah. It, it's you can't have a movie on ten all the way through. And this is tries to do that for the most part. Yeah, it, I can't say it was boring. I think it was more a matter of by around the halfway point, I just didn't care oh, anymore. Oh, God, yeah. It, if the orcs weren't on the screen, I might as well have just gone and got another popcorn at that point. <laughs> and it was primarily orcs that were doing the, the – that the, the story revolved around. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing where – orcs are expensive, so we can't have them do the actual narrative. Yeah, the um, – if you have not played the games, particularly World of Warcraft, which has consistently been more Horde-centric than Alliance-centric, so the Alliance, of course, being the humans and the elves and the night elves, and uh, or I should say the dwarves and the night elves. Um, so you have most of the stories in the game have been fairly heavily Horde-centric. There's been that bias there. And then as I've... I've consistently played both because I I pay my money. I want to experience all that there is. However, there's a lot of fans that are fervently one side or the other. And the Alliance people have pretty much been shafted for, for over 12, 12 years now. <laughs> and they got much of the same with the movie, which I, I thought was hysterical because the parts with the humans was just... I mean, yeah, Lothar was, was interesting and in a kind of a, a little bit interesting, what little there was. But for everybody else, I mean, I I could care less that Stark died. <laughs> really, <laughs> that that means nothing to me. I didn't I didn't like the casting first of all, but I also didn't feel that there was any importance 
to what was going on. We had gotten so very little of him that when he decides to go on the battlefield and then get killed, it's like, meh, whatever. We, and that's and he's the king. Is, <laughs> that is one of one of my my biggest problems with the movie is that nothing that happens is important at the time it happens. It's only important after it's passed and the other characters are talking about it and we realize why it was important. Like specifically with uh, Lothar's son. We don't know why we should care until, you know, he's gone and all the people are talking about the relationship he had with his father. We didn't see any of that on the screen. So when, when you know, when he's off, it's, oh, okay, yeah, his son died. And it's not until after that that we're told why we should really care that his son died. Yeah. And the, the entire movie is completely out of order. Like, it's almost like watching Pulp Fiction if it was edited by somebody who wasn't Quentin Tarantino. Like, there was no narrative... Pathway through it. It was just a series of things happening. Yep. The same thing with Garona. Now, uh, once again, we've both played these games. Now, I don't know your level of expertise with the lore, so I won't speak to it. I mean, I get an inkling, but not quite. I've forgotten more than I remember. <laughs> kind of where I'm at. Now, I, again, it's it's not that the lore isn't there. Obviously, it is. It's that. I am not that heavily invested in that world that I have to know everything. I am all right with skipping through quest text sometimes if I just don't feel like I'm invested in what's going on in this little outpost that wants me to go kill somebody or a hundred wolves or whatever. So it's like, well, whatever kind of deal. But some people are very heavily invested. So again, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. So the whole bits with Garona, I'm like, meh, whatever. I... Really, I'm not that familiar with the character that I care. Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know, but it's like, meh, whatever. And she's never really been on my radar. And I did not read the pre-sequel novel that Christy Golden wrote. I'm going to be reading it, but that's primarily because Christy Golden is such a goddamn good writer that I want to experience a story, even though I was disappointed with the movie. And I was, um, as I was watching the movie with Garona, now, this is a game. quite obviously there's going to be spoilers here, but I'm just going to say it so that people aren't pissed off. So as I'm watching it with Garona, when when they are it's still on their world and you see her and you see the Draenei race there as well that mm-hmm. old Gul'dan is using to to power the uh, the portal, which I thought was a nice little nod kind of thing because – those are, again, it's another race in the game for folks who aren't aware. And so when you see Garona... There was there was a bunch of nice little, like, cameo lore stuff that I did appreciate. Yeah. So when you see Garona... You <laughs> More fig- so than the actual lore yeah. that presented. <laughs> you figure she is half Draenei, half Orc, because she doesn't look full-blown crazy CGI or... The, 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 and it is. It's cosplay on her was ridiculous. It it looked like she belonged in a Star Trek episode that Kat mm-hmm. Shatner would nail her. Um, so anyways, you assume that. And what's funny is that reviewers have said the same thing, where they found it very confusing, that character. And what's going on and what, why is she a mixed race? And it's not explained. And people in the comment section blasted them for not knowing and for being ignorant and then they shouldn't be talking about the character if they don't know which we've already addressed yes they should but 
And and I read one where they explain it. Listen, this is what it is. She's half deny, half work and all that. And I find out, as you would have, because you said you listened to that Lore Watch episode as well, that it's she's actually half human and half orc. Well, I, I picked that up in the film itself. It was I did very not. strongly hinted at in that in that scene with Medivh. Not enough that it was not enough that it was obvious for me. I did not See, feel. I, I felt it was obvious, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, a lot of other people didn't as well. And yeah, the whole, and and that's you know that's on the movie. Yeah. Like if if half the audience said, "Oh yeah, that's absolutely the way it is," and the other half the audience completely missed it, that's just poor storytelling. Yeah. So I did not pick up on her being half human. And also, you find out in the novel, Medivh's her freaking father. Yeah. Again, did not pick up on that. Again, so, that I, I did, so... Yeah, I I think that maybe had I been paying more attention, but, but perhaps I would have. that whole, by, the time, by that time in the movie, you really don't care anymore. Exactly. <laughs> that was a lot of it. It was like, mm, whatever. Hell, I might have even been on my iPad at one point looking up something else. <laughs> It, seriously, because it was like, eh, whatever, I'm going to do this. And so the um, the, the whole bits with Garona were inconsequential to me completely. And that's one of the things that Joe was saying as well, because we were discussing that um, ourselves online. And Garona's character is basically just taken for a ride the entire time. And even assuming that she had a choice at the end is false. She didn't. She had to do what she had to do. Although that was, oh my God, that, that entire scene was ridiculous beginning to end. And I thought it's stupid beyond belief. But the fact remains that that character was pointless in Mm -hmm. pretty much the entirety of the movie was a throwaway character that you could have easily replaced with somebody else at the end. So again, just, which, which makes no sense because narratively she should be the central point of the movie with her being half orc half human like she should be the one that the that the story revolves around and should be the audience's view into both of those worlds and it utterly fails yeah yeah so and and again that's just one when we look at the medieval character as well which were you all right with the casting for that with ben foster here's what i think i think ben foster showed up read the script, saw what was going on, and decided, you know what? I'm just going to act like I'm in a different movie. <laughs> because that's what it felt like. He, It felt like he was acting in a completely different movie. I, <laughs> so he, like, he went, no, I'm not doing this crap. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was not crazy about him at all. Again, Joe loved him. I was like, no, no, not at all. It just did not fit for me, like at all, at all. Especially when he's being. I'm not defending it. No, I'm no. just saying that. That's how I'm assuming, it, because that's the only way I can explain it. Especially when he's being all snotty to Cadgar, which oh, that's another one. You actually, you never played the last expansion of of WoW, right? Uh, the last one I played was Cataclysm, and I didn't even play all the way through that. Okay, one, so, so I yeah. missed the last two. So okay, so because Cadgar comes out, um, and you do a bunch of stuff. For the last expansion, uh, Warlords of Draenor. So you do a bunch of questing with Cadgar, who's like an older dude, white silvery hair kind of thing, and and here they had to hunk him up and and make him this babbling kid who is not the best, dropped out of school, and yet at the end 
can absorb most badass wizard we've ever seen. All of this stuff that's killing the guardian, <laughs> and yet he can handle it like it's nothing. I'll just blink away all that fell. <laughs> so, and and then you get the scene too right at the beginning. This is the moment I essentially knew. Okay, this is this is gonna have problems. Is when Cadgar is telling Lothar about the fell, but he's like, I can't tell you. We gotta go to the Guardian, who's like miles the fuck away. <laughs> like it's a hell of a trip to get there, just so that Medivh can say, Yeah, fell is bad. Fell is really bad. <laughs> Why couldn't freaking Cadgar tell me that three days ago? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I got nothing. I. I the only reason anything happened in this movie is because something else had to happen after it. Yes. <laughs> the only reason they had to go see the Guardian is because Cadgar had to find that book. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And they that's had the to intro reason. the Guardian. Be- and, and, yeah. and that's another thing, too, that's not explained. Yeah, and can you please explain to me this? Oh, the Guardian has been summoned. Okay, you summoned him. Now go pick him up. <laughs> that means he wasn't summoned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. Apparently, they can't pick up a phone either. <laughs> Bring it, Medivh. Get your ass over here. <laughs> Use a little portal magic. But yeah, so that was another. He's the guardian. Shouldn't he be kind of already be aware? Yeah, he should be keeping tabs on this. Oh look, he's causing it actually. Uh... Yeah, that was another one. <laughs> what did you actually think of the casting for? Lothar, who is basically supposed to be the main character next to Juratan. Seriously didn't care. Didn't. I, again, I was so apathetic about any human involved in this movie. Like I said, at any scene involving Lothar and Rin, I had to pause for a second to remind myself who the hell I was looking at. Right. <laughs> because they're just two average bearded white guys. And I was like, wait a minute, which one is this? Okay, that one. Well, again, like I said, for, for Rin who's the king is so unimportant. And let's be honest. And again, this is arguing with Joe about this. The actor, Dominic Cooper had so little gravitas Mm -hmm. that he can play a swarmy Howard Stark really well. Definitely loved him in Peggy Carter. He is justifiably great in that role. But for a role where he's the king, where he's supposed to have importance in his pauses when he's speaking. Nothing. Nothing. He was just a dude there. That his sub-commander is actually yakking back to with no respect whatsoever. Like, he, he just did not portray that at all at all. And some of it, as... I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but some of it is quite simply his size on screen as well. He's not a big guy either. And he doesn't portray out very large either in this role. If Warcraft has taught me anything, the king should be seven and a half feet tall. Yeah, really? (laughs) Well, this guy didn't have to be, but definitely more than this. And so, yeah, it didn't fit. I did like um, Taria, his sister, Mm-hmm. And played by Ruth Nega. She's, eh, okay. I wasn't that crazy about her in S.H.I.E.L.D., so I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the actress. She's good, but, eh. But I 
really she's the only one that seemed like she was trying at points yeah i like the relationship between her and lothar because you find out mm-hmm. they are brother and sisters and there were some good moments there that i like and we were told they were brother and sister before it became important to the story yeah <laughs> so probably the only time in the movie that happened so yeah that was the only time when you're like okay well that's cute but even then there was only a couple of scenes she has some good scenes with garona like when she's bringing her some stuff and then the um the jail and Garona saying, you know, I can kill you before they get here. And it's like, no, that's not how we do things here, love. <laughs> Here's your tea. <laughs> and a little, little, little too nice there. And that was one of the other things that actually bothered me about this, the entire relationship that the humans had with Garona. Because regardless of her not being as savage as most of the other orcs, she was still an orc from an invading party horde from another dimension that is going to be, you know, that has Mm -hmm. wiped out villages. There's no way in hell that they would just kind of be all nice with her, let her out of the freaking cage and give her a fucking dagger. (laughs) Like it made for a cute scene, but it was so unbelievable that it, ruined a lot of the scenes that she was then in with all of them. And this idea of this romantic thing with Lothar was just so shoehorned in that you're like, come on, people, give me a break. Somebody wrote this tripe. (laughs) Because it just happened. Yeah. Like, there was no buildup whatsoever. No. (laughs) Like, okay, I I can see to an extent maybe respect... Because, you know, he's a powerful warrior. I can see that. But that's it. Like, And even that, as a commander with the experience that he had in the battlefield and with dealing with people and everything else, the idea that he would let the enemy just wander around that close to his sister, the queen, and the king mm-hmm. be given a blade, all of these other things, even before the quote-unquote romance might start, was so unbelievable that I I was rolling my eyes as I was watching it. There is a whole lot of storytelling between point A and point B that never happened. We never got. They were Everybody was just immediately okay with things. Yeah. That's one of the things that I would be curious to read once again, Christy Golden did not just write the prequel to the, the movie, but she also wrote the novelization of the movie as well. And I'm really curious how much more we didn't get to see and if that would improve the movie. I'm certain any story would help the movie, definitely, but I'm wondering just how much. Like, I, I will eventually be reading it. It's just that right now I still got a bad taste in my mouth from the movie, so I'm like, eh, I'm not going to rush. I'll, I'll pick it up and read it later. <laughs> So, yeah, and then let's switch over now to the orc side of things because you got a ton there. And, I mean, it looked good, but it was so dramatic and such a such a mirror of what you see in the game that is so outrageous at points that you're looking at it going, I, I can't relate to these people in any way, shape, or form. And you're supposed to relate to some of them because some are the good ones and some are the bad ones. Which, coincidentally, as another reviewer, made a very apt point that you wouldn't think of because we play the game so we know. 
but it's the lighter colored ones are the ones that are important that have the lines that are the good ones. The darker colored ones, which are the green ones, are the ones that are evil. It's like, hmm, hadn't noticed that, but it is true. Mm-hmm. And so the there's different clans that come through. So you have the different factions that within the horde that comes through. And of course you have the most important character is Juritan, who is a, a war chief. And I just had a hard time with the acting for, for many of them. And it was just because there was so much CGI mm-hmm. that it was hard to see the actors in the performances. I don't know. Did you feel the same about that? No, it... it you were it, with it? It worked for me. Like Okay. I, the best part of the entire movie was that opening five-minute scene with him and Draka. Right. That was the only time I felt in the entire movie characters were being genuine and relatable as, you know... I don't want to say humans, but sentient beings, let's just say. Yeah, see, I found that most of those scenes, while I could appreciate what's going on and the characters, because I do have the history of knowing who those characters are, and of course with their child who grows up to be the most important person, well, most yeah, important in the Moses. game. I've seen that movie. Yeah. So, um, So, yeah, as I'm watching them, it's so... It is so ridiculous at points that I, again, I just couldn't get behind it. And this idea. I think, I think some of that has to do with the fact that the CGI for the orcs was so amazingly realized, but it was such a drastic counterpoint to the way the human scenes looked, which were largely uninteresting, that it, it created kind of, kind of a, a narrative dissonance between the two, I think. Oh, God. Like, yeah. I, I, I was still able to kind of like separate my brain and enjoy each specific bit on its own but i can see like taken as a whole there's definitely a huge dissonance and i think that may be part of what the problem was too because there were quite literally scenes where early on where you're seeing the humans in their full garb and everything else where in my brain i'm seeing cosplay kind of guys in a field Having mm-hmm. fun reenacting different scenes. They should have just done the whole movie as CGI. And, and screamed, fireball! <laughs> and, and throwing a rock or something. It was that ridiculous at points that then when it switches to the orcs, I'm still in that mindset of mm-hmm. this is just, you know, cosplayers. I can appreciate the dedication to and trying to recreate the art style amongst the humans. But yeah, it just... It never quite clicked for me, but I mean, they did accurately do it with the orcs, of course, because it was completely computer generated. So yeah, there's there's definitely a, a bit of a divide. Yeah, and then in terms of the stories for the orcs as well, the obvious important story there too is with Gul'dan and and the Fell, which again, it's like. It's not that reviewers or viewers who have no history with WoW, or, or I should say Warcraft, don't know, are, are, are so stupid that they have to be explained. Hey, look, it, it's magic, it's bad, it's green. There, that's yeah, all you un- need to know. we understood that literally 10 minutes into the movie. Yeah, so you can't, it's just that it's still... It's just that it's stupid. It's stupid, and it's not well explained, or or you don't have enough to... to um, Again, not explain, but to weave into the story. It's just always 
green magic bad, and that's it. To the point of like when Kedgar, or not Kedgar, but when Medivh is saying towards the start, you know, it has no no place here on Azeroth. And you're going, okay, well, whoa, it has no place is different than it's never been here. And yet mm-hmm. he has all of this fell magic that he taps into as well. So that means it was here first. That means it was not brought here from the Orcs homeworld with You're Gul'dan. You're thinking about this way more than I did. That's what I'm saying. So I'm going to <laughs> see even something as simple as green magic bad is so poorly done in the narrative of the story that we don't know these very basic principles of what is one of the worst things that can affect a world. They literally were leaving their world because freaking Gul'dan is turning it, like is killing it all off. And they're doing the same thing to Azeroth as soon as they arrive. And yet Medivh has had this and been dealing with this for a long time. And yet it has not affected or even been known of in Azeroth during all that time. It's that, that doesn't jive. That doesn't make sense at all. I, I don't know. <laughs> Again, you're putting way too much thought into this. Yeah. And then s- you're, you're trying, you're trying to, to find justification where there is none. And that way lies madness. This is true. This is very true. And then we have Orgrim Doomhammer, which is a very important character in Warcraft lore as well. They kind of handled it differently. Mm-hmm. I was all right with that. I don't care. So that was, that was interesting as well. Um, again, I didn't see the actor behind it. I just see... No, D- Doomhammer, I didn't. Yeah, so it was like... Eh. I think Durotan was a little more successful than Doomhammer. Yeah, Durotan, you could see more of a face there than than many of the others. But uh, but yeah, with, with Doomhammer, it was like, yeah, whatever. So the big fight, too, with Lothar, the, the oh, you killed my son, I'm going to freaking take your crotch off, <laughs> was so unimportant because all Doomhammer had really done was kill his son. In terms of the importance oh, no, of the was, story... That was Blackhand, not Doomhammer. Oh, you're, you're right, you're right. Sorry, that's what I meant. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was so unimportant because we'd gotten so little from him. And so it was like, well, whatever. It shows that Lothar has skill and he's pissed off that he killed his son. And it created some gravitas in the moment, but really it was wholly unimportant to me and, in terms of the characters. How... How did Lothar know that was the guy that killed his son? Because he was completely indistinguishable from the black hand he had last seen. This is true. I apparently he knew. Did yeah. he make it? I mean, did just, he make it? Just a comment one of those it? things where, like, hmm, we we missed a scene here. I'll have to check that. Actually, get me curious now. Because remember, that was after he'd been transformed by the fell. He was now yeah. fifteen feet tall. Yeah, like, he was massive after it, that. It yeah. was visually. Well, I don't know, maybe the, the big shoulder pads might have been a giveaway. I don't know. <laughs> the Burning Crusade shoulder pads. <laughs> I like the shoulder pads. Shoulder pads are pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that was, again, quote, just what happened just now with me confusing them, to me is actually a very large part of also what oh, yeah. irked me about the movie is that Orc A is was hardly indistinguishable from Orc B in terms of the people who and, and I have a history with these guys from playing the game and yet even I'm watching it and it's going I, who is this guy again? Oh okay whatever you know with the exception obviously of Jertan and Gul'dan the other ones were highly just 
replaceable because it, it didn't matter to the story for the most part. And I know people, again, who are lore experts who would argue with me saying you weren't paying enough attention. Then like he, he betrayed his war chief and then he decided at the last minute that what he done was wrong and bad. Those are pretty simple tropes. They can be executed using millions of dollars worth of CGI to try to make them seem like more than they are. But it's basically dude A betrayed Mm -hmm. dude B and then decided afterwards, oh, I was wrong to do that. That's it. See, it's it's one of those things where like and uh, like some of the podcasts and stuff I listen to with movie reviews of people who weren't familiar with the game lore. It wasn't, okay, that's Doomhammer. Like, I know who that is because they've made him an important person. It's, oh, yeah, it's the bald orc. Right. <laughs> that, that's the only reason they, they, they could identify him as somebody important is that's the only bald orc we've ever seen, so he's the important one. Same thing with Black Hand. Like, oh, yeah, that's the, that's the guy with the shoulder pads. He's, he's, the, he's the war leader. Like, it wasn't because he was a compelling character on his own in the narrative. I mean, he was important, but he was important because we were told he was important, yeah. not because, you know, he actually earned that on on screen (laughs) and it's like oh yeah shoulder pads work i I know that guy he's important it's and that's the thing it's i think we are able to look at this movie from two different perspectives from the game adaptation perspective and i'm losing the using the term adaptation very loosely (laughs) and from the actual merits of being a movie on its own and that's where the big problem is is that taking the the game narrative and everything we know about the world completely out of it shows a lot of cracks. I'll go you one further. Even as fans of the game, you can see scenes that should be a big deal mm-hmm. and really question it and still kind of go, man, like... Because here's the thing. I loved, like, I absolutely loved seeing this world that I had spent so much time in, going back to the original Warcraft game, which I played quite a bit of, seeing it on the screen, fully realized and gorgeous 3D. Like, I loved it. I think they did a fantastic job of recreating a lot of that feeling. But, like, how much money did they spend on Ironforge? They did this amazing pan shot of the side of the mountain and Dune Morogue. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, Iron Forge. This is going to be awesome. They take you into the Great Forge. There's lava and smelted metal and dwarves everywhere. I'm like, this is great. And it was a completely pointless three-minute scene. Yep. So that's where even as a game fan, I was pissed off because how are you going to give me something that I know is supposed to be important and make it completely worthless? Between that and, again, the elves are there for just a few minutes of being <laughs> snotty is all they were there for. And That's what, when I was talking to one of my friends who, like, was familiar with the game but hadn't seen the movie, he's like, oh, but were at least the elves cool? I was like, I just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so, yeah. And it, it was funny because I saw them and I thought, oh, okay, who are these guys? I still don't know who those elves were. I'd have, yeah, to, read the, I'd have to read the credits to see. Because they probably mentioned it in passing, and I probably missed it. I'm, I'm yeah, apparently we, the the dwarf that was talking to Lotar was actually Magni Bronzebeard. Yeah, yeah with okay. a weird that's, that's accent. The king of the Dwarven Kingdom. He should be kind of important. But yeah. eh. his accent was way off too. He did oh, not yes. sound like a dwarf. He sounded like an Englishman. <laughs> but yeah, and the, the, again, the, I, I, I'm okay in most fantasy worlds of dwarves not being stereotypically Scottish. 
but Warcraft dwarves need to be stereotypically Scottish. <laughs> yeah, so they were all so they're they had so little importance that I don't even know who those elves were. And and I've played through the elven sections as well in the game and all that, so I know some of these the, the names. I again, maybe they, they they did say it and I missed it, but no, even they, they didn't. So yeah, I'm like, well, okay, whatever. And there was far too much whatever going on all the time mm-hmm. for me. So what did what did you think of Garona then as a whole? Because her role was important. You're saying, yeah, it should have been far more important. But based on what was there and what happened to her and how it went, how, what did you think? It, it was a plot device. Like there was no emotional or narrative weight to scenes that absolutely should have had them. Like, you could tell they were trying so hard to make the scene where she stabs Rin, like, really gut-wrenching and really important, but they didn't earn it. And, see, sticking with that, that entire concept that the half-orc, half-human, ostracized and slaved Mm -hmm. this entire time by orcs by killing the king of the humans is now going to have this this large of an impact on the orc horde was ridiculous to me as i'm watching i'm going give me a break they would not give a rat's ass honor my ass (laughs) you know they don't have that much honor that a half breed would be able to boss the other people around just for stabbing the king in the neck i just i did not buy that one bit and that's supposed to be the massive climax at the end that she's thrown away her relationship with the humans that was all of a couple of days but damn important to her and throwing that all away just to keep the peace between the two factions and it's like bullshit that no mm-hmm. that did not come across on screen at all yeah it, it nothing yeah and then the big thing with medivh as well full-on turning into a demon at the end which we've seen <laughs> I, these demons in game was like the, what the hell <laughs> not only that but when a lot of the effects in the movie were so expertly well done, that entire thing in Medivh's tower looked like shit. Well, not like just that, that golem was awful, he's, and he's... the magical effects were half-assed. Like that—that that was really bad. That did not look good at all. Let's 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 just break this down now, folks. Okay, <laughs> Medivh. Chekhov's golem. <laughs> Medivh. The most powerful wizard of Azeroth, apparently, of the Guardian, who is being snotty to Cadgar all the time, saying, you're not the Guardian yet, kind of deal. No, I will deal with this. Big bad dude who has been infected by the Fell to the point where it's driving him mad with power and everything else, turns into this massive demon. Now, we've seen these demons in the game they're dangerous motherfuckers. Okay. <laughs> you, you don't go at it alone. And this is supposed to be a, an extremely powerful character. Because, again, you're shown how powerful he is as the movie progresses. Like, he's got mm-hmm. a ton of power as it is. Turn him into full friggin' full-on demon. This is powerful. And he's taken out the vision that I had in my head is of 12-year-olds playing... And then someone kneeling down and somebody pushing somebody over the person kneeling down. And the person who's falling falls on somebody else and takes them out. The demon was... schoolboyed him. Yeah, the, the demon was tripped, or the, the, the golem tripped onto the demon. 
and took him out. And you're going like, really? That's what you're going with? A, a grade school prank? And yeah, that's that's what takes out this most powerful of demons. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they could have done better. I know the obvious, put more story into it. the entire thing. It started over. But working with what they had, I'm at a loss for what is missing. I, like, I, I can point to a lot of different things, but it's like the changes would have to be so monumental to be able to have an impact on the film in a way that would then make it appeal to the general audience. And that are Warcraft fans. I, I think we're also past skipping over something important here, and that's the 800-ton obelisk in the room. The fucking Aladai. Yeah. What the <laughs> hell? It... <laughs> I, I, have ne- <laughs> I have never seen a deus ex machina be so completely ineffectual and pointless to the plotline in my life. This is true. Again, though, <laughs> something that fans think is cool, that it's a nod yeah, to something they, they, they can need. look at it and try and figure out all the secrets and what it means. What it means is literally nothing in the context of the movie. That's right. So, see, I and I, I keep making these these jokes about people who are fervent fans, and I don't want to make it seem as if that's a bad thing. Listen, it's great to be passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, be passionate about it. The, the problem has been that I have, it's, it's to the point where I will rarely engage in a conversation about Blizzard mm-hmm. games with people who are real fans of Blizzard games. There's a reason I did not tweet more than two sentences about this movie because yeah. I just did not want to be in the middle of it. Yeah, because... I have tried to have these conversations with people who have, whom I've had intelligent conversations about other things, only to have my words twisted, other words put in my mouth, my character called into question, <laughs> like all these things, and insults flung simply because I'm being critical of a Blizzard game. And not that sounding, I don't like sounding it. Sounding an awful lot like Batman fans, huh? Yeah. Never be like Batman fans, internet. <laughs> but <laughs> let, yeah. Let, let that be a, a bar to, to make sure you're above. Never be like Batman fans. The problem is, is that I feel that way too much leniency is being given mm-hmm. by these fans for what amounts to a piss poor script. And that's the that's the the problem there, and because it's not that we don't want a good Warcraft show, it's not that we can't appreciate I a good Warcraft show. I wanted to love this movie. I tried really hard to find good things to say about this movie. Yeah, and it's just that it's not there. And what it made me think about, and again, this is this is not a jab at Joe, and I want to make that clear because we love Joe, but Joe really loves Warcraft. And he knows a lot about Warcraft. And that's, that's awesome. And it clouds his judgment, and I think he would actually agree to that, when he first experiences something new in Warcraft most of the time. Joe is the guy that before an expansion comes out, and even the first few months after it's out, will praise it like it's the best thing ever. And then reality sets in after playing it for a while, and he realizes, oh, this is crap. 
and we can go back over our episodes of For the Lore and see this happening. <laughs> so it does happen. And so I think that, again, what happens is that he, like, although he was fairly critical at different points in the, in the show, their episode, but he still loved it. When when this first comes out, I think that a lot of fans are of that same mindset. And it's just love, it's, love, it's, love it's, until later it's on. Not a, it's not a Joe thing. It's a fandom thing. Yeah. This happens across any oh, yeah, yeah, group of fans yeah. when something that they want to see, you know, finally happens. They they're just so set aback by, you know, the experience of it all that it's not until far later that hopefully they they realize like like again, how many people thought Batman Superman was awesome? Like just because it was Batman Superman. It was it was it was so cool. It it wasn't. And same no. thing with um X-Men. Oh, it was great. It was, you know, I finally got to see Apocalypse in the movie. I'm like, okay, that's great. You finally got to see Apocalypse in a movie. In a bad movie. Was it good? Yeah. <laughs> Were you happy with it? Like it, it's it's something that a lot of people in our culture do. And I, I mean, I've probably been guilty of it myself at, at points. I, I can't huh? <laughs> nothing. What? <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's something where I want so badly for these things to be good. I'm not going to continue pretending things that aren't good are. I'm going to demand that the things that aren't good be better because I want the things I love to be represented in a, a favorable way across all forms of media. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people are big fans of different characters as well. And that really influenced their love mm -hmm. of the film as well. Like Juratan is a very important character in the history of Warcraft. So is Gul'dan. So is different Alliance people that really not much was made of, but there are important people in that lore. And I think that fans were willing to forego story elements for the sake of strong characters. And even that, I would debate that the characters overall were not strong. But I think that if you're a real fan of them, they could have been seen as such. Yeah, which you, is you, you can project a lot of a lot of what you feel about those characters to fill in the missing parts that aren't on the screen. And it's it's a very difficult thing for a lot of people to not do that. And I understand. Like I'm not criticizing anybody. If you loved it, that's great. I'm yep. glad you were happy with it. I'm just saying you're also wrong. <laughs> what, well, see, the important thing here for people who were fans of it is that, like, okay, it's great that you loved it. Don't want to take that away. In the same way, they need to respect the people who did not yes. like it and the reasons why they didn't like it. So, and far too much of it is, well, you should love it because it was great. And the other side is, yeah, well, no, not so much. So I think that there needs to be more of that. And I think it'll take a while before that kind of sets in. I, I don't know if it'll ever happen. It's possible as well. Again, it's a Blizzard product. Blizzard fans are fairly loyal. These are the people who spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go to BlizzCon and for a couple of days and just to spend time not just with the company to get more information about the games, but also all of their friends within those various games. It's a very tightly knit mm -hmm. community that kind of defies explanation if you're honest about it. But you can still be a fan of those and be critical. And that's where we're at. Because how many people do we know that are huge fans of Marvel Comics 
and yet still are very vocal when something they don't like happens. Like it's, and this is something specific to the Blizzard community that I think a lot of them aren't capable of criticism. And and it's because, let's be honest, over the last 20 plus years, there has been very little to criticize. Let's be honest. they've, They've been a hit company with practically everything they've touched. Even their missteps, by and large, have been above average. So I, I think it's kind of new for a lot of people to actually be able to criticize some of this stuff. So I, I, I can empathize to a point. Mm-hmm. Not sure I agree with all that, but I, I get where you're coming from. So any parting thoughts? Yes, I do have one more thing to say. What was the end of this movie? Oh, there was none. Oh, okay. So it just stopped. It, yeah. <laughs> No, 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 and no. It, this is something that, that's pissed me off increasingly, not just in this movie, but across movies and TV shows and whatnot. The, uh, the free pass, we give bad endings because, air quotes, it sets up the sequel. Yeah. You can set up a sequel while having a resolution, while having, you know, like, okay, that's the end. I, I'm happy with where that went, and I'm interested in seeing where it goes from here. There was no resolution to anything. It just, okay, the movie's over. Yep. (laughs) All it did, and and see, this is where I keep going back to the same thing, how this was an extended cinematic scene between games or at the start of a game or between uh, expansion packs because it very much set the tone for orcs versus humans. That's all it did. It didn't actually resolve the differences. It didn't come to any conclusion. It's just, okay, he's now king instead, or he's interim kind of king, dude, and they're still over there, and they're going to keep coming in, and there's going to be clashes, and that's pretty much it. There's no actual resolution or... Not that there has to be resolution, but there has to be some... some, I can't. I, I, I can't. It's just, there has to be something. <laughs> like closure, there, you know. Maybe, and, maybe and, closure. And a, but, an emotional endpoint. Yeah, there has to be something. And it's just that you're sitting there and, and very much like that. Probably we had the same look on our face when it got to the end. And you're like, okay, that's it? Okay. <laughs> like, you know, what happened to Grona? What happened to Gul'dan? Like, they just, like, okay, we're done with the orcs now. Like, no, no, you're really not. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's at least one more important scene we need to see here before you go to the funeral where everybody's really happy. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I, I felt the same way as I was watching it. And it, which is, again, which left such a, a sour taste in my mouth where it's, again, I just spent a couple of hours watching a, not trailer, but a cinematic between expansions and not a movie. And I didn't want to see that. Now, to be clear, too, I had the added benefit of watching this with my son, who has some Warcraft experience, albeit not nearly as much. He he actually never played the Warcraft games, but he did play World of Warcraft with me for, for quite a while. But even he doesn't play right now kind of thing. So his experience, while he does have some, is, is more limited. And I watched it with my wife, who has like, no. Her level of experience was <laughs> in recognizing the Murloc in one of the flyby scenes when the Murloc because I had put Which that Which is one of the few little tiny throwaway scenes I actually really liked. Yeah, because I had set up my cell phone to have that whenever I got a text. 
<laughs> and so when I'd given my wife that phone, when I'd gotten a new one, she had to explain to people when she'd get a text and it would go, she would go, oh, it's some game thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she never changed it? She loved it. She, she, she actually misses it. I'm going to have to record another one and put it on her iPhone. But yeah, so she loved it. So yeah, when there was that, she went, oh, I know that. <laughs> but she was still able to watch the show appreciate it as because I asked her afterwards knowing full well we were going to do this like how much of this and that's not insulting you but how much of this did you get how much of it made sense to you and stuff and she was going well, it was pretty standard kind of fantasy tropes that it's not hard to figure out mm-hmm. but that doesn't make a good movie like that's they're just thrown on the screen as if they're supposed to be important however if you don't have the history with the IP they're not it's just Whatever, this this big eight-foot gorilla of CGI is not happy with this tiny little king. That's pretty much it. So, so yeah. So from the perspective of someone with a, a, a modicum of, of experience with the IP right down to somebody who has none, and all three of us were kind of like, meh, at the end. And I think that me, with the most knowledge of the three of us, was the one that was the most disappointed, actually. Mm-hmm. So, I think the... The, the final feeling I get from this movie, and it's probably the worst thing I can say about a movie, is it was boring. Yeah. I will gladly take a movie that tries and fails over a movie that, to me, didn't even try. It, it was There was nothing interesting. You know, even Batman versus Superman, as terrible as it was, had some brief points of being interesting. Like, I, I'm going to debate for a while over which was the worst movie because they were both horrible in completely different ways. But like it, it, other bad movies, like Apocalypse, was not a good movie. But there was, it was at least interesting at points. <laughs> and that's that's the thing here. Aside from a very few short number of scenes at the beginning of the movie, it was completely uninteresting for two hours. For us. You listen mm-hmm. to the Laura Watch where they covered this and it was nothing but love. And so that again shows how and, 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 the people. That's not who, to single out Lore Watch. They're oh no, 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 definitely that no. We no. personally have the most experience with. It's a podcast we both listen to. Yeah, well, Joe's on it as well, and plus they're they're good folks. And hell, we had Marty uh, Matthew Rossi on our for the Lore a couple of times. So like they're they're good people. And the thing that I liked about that one too is that they do have a wealth of knowledge about. Warcraft, Like, it's ridiculous how much knowledge they have about this universe. And also when they go off on tangents of their tinfoil hatting kind of theories, a lot of times those theories are damn good. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. I love crazy theories. Yeah, no I, matter what, what, what it is. If it's a game, if it's a movie, give me all your crazy theories. And they, they toss some of that out. Like with the Glenn Close thing. You're watching, you're going, it's Glenn Close, what the fuck? Like, seriously? And it was a throwaway thing. But it shows you how us... It's Nova Prime. Yeah. Us as <laughs> as just regular old viewers are watching it going, what the hell? Glenn Close was there for like two minutes for a throwaway character. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know that was Glenn Close until somebody told me. It was. Oh, I recognized her. Whereas the Lorewatch people, holy crap, read into that for like 15, 20 minutes worth of discussion. (laughs) And it's like, it shows you how much more they Mm -hmm. are able to bring to the movie than we were. So with that, we are actually going to call it a wrap. So 
please leave us your comments. Please don't call us idiots because our opinions may differ from yours, but by all means, leave us comments if you would like to. You can do so on the site at popcornronin.com, and you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, of course, at Popcorn Ronin. You can also find us on Twitter individually. I'm at Zen Buddhist, and you are at Simodian. And with that, we will talk to you in a little while when we are going to be discussing the Dresden Files, and I can't wait to have that show. TV, movie, and anime reviews, please make certain to stop by popcornronin.com and leave the guys your thoughts in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out their Comic Book Informer podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, manellijamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs. <laughs>